I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like healthcare. What's, what's happening, Jess? I'm finally getting a hysterectomy. Well, I have to say I was a little surprised that, that you got this far. It, you know, usually people are still fighting it at this point. Fighting the, fighting the I don't know, health machine. I had a demonstrated need and a, I knew how to work the system and I have the class privilege to find the doctors that will help me work the system. Yeah, you have a you have a good doctor. She's she's helpful. Well, my she's she. My gynecologist is helpful. The other one I could take or leave, right. the GP, but mm-hmm. definitely the gynecologist is helpful. Mm-hmm. She started out by having me get the Marina IUD. Mm-hmm. It was sort of one of those, we just have to do the next thing to get to the next thing. Right. But it turns out that while I had it, it was causing, it actually did, I didn't just have to say that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. It actually did cause problems. Like I was not interested often in my turn in bed because I would end up having cramps after. Mm-hmm. And often those cramps would lead to bleeding and by often, you mean always? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And speaking of that unhelpful GP, or questionably helpful GP, she You're was... shaking your head no. She was all <laughs> wound up about my size last year. Mm-hmm. And I have lost some weight over the last year, mm-hmm. mostly due to less stress and therefore less stress eating. Mm-hmm. But I refuse to place too much personal stock in the number on the scale. Mm -hmm. And she didn't like that. No. And so when my blood work came back, looking exactly like it did last year, even though I've lost weight, Mm -hmm. with the exception of my good cholesterol number going down. Yes, IUD problem. Well, that's the thing. We didn't know that. Right. You didn't know that was going to happen. So you were eating all the right things and Taking your fish oil and all that nonsense. Yes, I added avocados and fish oil and all sorts of, you know, whatever would get my HDL up. And it was down. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Did it? Did my HDL go out with the weight? Like, I've been eating not unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I was looking up the side effects of the marina, and that's one of them. A side effect of hormonal birth control is that different types of estrogens and progesterone will affect your lipid balance in different ways. Mm -hmm. And the specific type of progesterone in this IUD Mm -hmm. can lower your HDL. Yeah, it's not helpful that way. No. Mm Mm-mm. But and it wasn't helpful other ways either. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they took it out, and now I'm scheduled for hysterectomy. And because there's a pandemic, mm-hmm. there is. And because everything was shut down for like months, and doctors weren't having unnes like elective procedures and anything that wasn't urgent. Any- yeah, anything they couldn't wait. They were expecting to still have a backlog. And she said in in this appointment where we were scheduling it or when we were talking about scheduling it, she had to have the scheduler call the later date. She said, you know, I, I don't know how long it'll take. I know that I just scheduled somebody for the beginning of September 
And so if that's where we're at, then you'll probably be at the beginning or middle of September. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, that's not a problem. And then the scheduler calls me and says, I can get you in in a week and a half. Yeah, that was really fast. And I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> Did she say why? I mean, is it just because they have certain surgeries? That's just what they had available, I guess. I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe the other person's surgery was a different one and they needed yeah. a different place. or I don't know. That That is possible. I know that there are different types of hysterectomies, and they're planning on doing the one where they go up in through the existing hole. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have to cut more holes, then it's an easier surgery and the recovery is quicker and so on. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not an option for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that might have had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But right. that's that. Well. we So... The week you're having a hysterectomy, which is like, ta-da, here you can have one. You don't want to, you know, nobody's going to say no that I can think of. Um, is also our kids' first week of school. It is. Yes. Heck. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting, but we're going to roll with it and work around it because that's what you do. Um, yep. I, I would hope some of us have gotten better at that or rolling with things when uh, we've practiced during a pandemic. Mostly everyone's just tired of it, but... Well, yeah. Tired of adjusting and doing stuff, but but this is a a good adjustment. And at the same time, it's like, hmm, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. But I I think that we can can recover from it. You know, we can have it as managed as anything else has been this year. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And... It's it's tricky because, I mean, yeah, you're right, everybody's a little tired of pandemic, but that's why we end up with people who, you know, have pandemic fatigue going out and doing stupid things like hanging out with lots of people and going places without a mask and, you know, just making a lot of poor choices that put more people at risk and extend the pandemic. Yeah. They've pointed out that bars are a big, big problem. Yeah. People get too close. It probably has something to do with alcohol and forgetting that they're supposed to do what they're supposed to. I'm just saying. There's something like that. And there's another country, I want to say, I don't remember what country it is. They have quit selling alcohol, supposedly. You know, I mean, there's always Mm -hmm. a black market, but... Mm -hmm. Because they didn't want alcohol-related injuries filling up hospitals when they should be saving those beds for COVID patients. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and supposedly in plenty of places, alcohol consumption has increased over the last some number of months because I can't count them anymore. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's kind of wild that people are... Well, I, like I said to you uh, earlier, the... I think people have a really hard time understanding the reality of this pandemic. And and that's why we, you know, that's not the only reason we have people not wanting to wear masks. Some people just like to have fits about things, but. um, (laughs) My freedoms. That's right. And I just think, please let them have their freedoms and go away with them. That's the problem, though. They don't go away with them. And they don't deal with their own consequences. They just shuffle consequences onto other people. That is entirely the problem. If they would only go away, but I often think that for some people. So, <laughs> uh, people 
have a hard time unless, like in New York, there were a lot of people who knew other people getting sick because it's a crowded place with lots of people. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was a big reality for them. Right. And I think in other places, they think, well, we're way over here and nobody has it over here, you know. Um, and I have I have people I work with like that because mm-hmm. we're out here. And um, and in our area, there's a lower population density. Mm-hmm. And so the risk of transmission is lower. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that everybody's going to get this damn virus eventually. Yeah, it just not a, slows down the rate at which it's going to happen. Like when you look around and you think, well, we're functioning, you know, and, you, you know, we have masks on and stuff. But but I can feel myself how that doesn't necessarily seem like real and why shouldn't my kid go out and play and get it over with. And fortunately, I have another part of my brain that says, let's think about this. Mm-hmm. The entire world is having a big problem with it. Yes. So it's not that simple. Right. And, and the fact that it's not that simple is what's difficult to digest. Correct. From, from very many people, in, including in uh, the flyover states. Yes. Which we in the American West live on the edge of. Yes. And these are all things that we took into consideration when we were deciding what to do about getting our kids back to school. And I think we talked a little bit about this last time. I don't know. Don't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) You just woke up from your nap, so it's extra don't ask you time Uh right now. uh So because number two was recently qualified for more intensive behavior curriculum services. Yes. And so we really want to be able to support him in getting those services, especially since he's also getting the vision therapy and the PT and other services more recently that have been really helping him. And if we can continue to see this development and this growth, then he can maybe catch up some on that curve. Speaking of which, they have not answered me about his visual impairment, what's it called? Uh, his his VI services at school. Yes, VI services. Yes, although so, we need to talk to the eye doctor I and did. see if that's still what we need. Is it? Well, I told him that the boy would need a letter for the school mm-hmm. if he needs, you know, accommodations. Right. So I will address it again when we go next week. He needs to start reading, like, with his eyes again. He's been listening to audiobooks so that he can get the other... English skills of like plot and setting and beginning, middle, end and following characters and development and things like that. Right. But he needs to continue working on his decoding skills. Right. I should ask the eye doctor if he should have large print or what we should do for him. Right. About that. That That is a good question to I ask I hate him. to set him to reading and the guy's like, no, no, he should have this kind of yeah, so. should he have large print or should he have like Erlen filters or should he have like, you know, there are so many things that they can do to make it easier on his eyes and brain mm-hmm. while he's still learning decoding skills. We just need to figure out what they are. But there is a, a something. Yes, there are lots of things that they can do. It's just finding out which one is best for our kids mm-hmm. challenge mm-hmm. to to help him still get the skills he needs without being unnecessarily challenged. Yeah. So he's going to be going because we know that he will be in a setting where there's a small group of students, Mm -hmm. only those students, not going back and forth between classes like that picture from Georgia, not seeing different kids every hour like that school in Mississippi where they had to shut down like half the school. 
I didn't see these things, but I believe you, so. Yeah. Ugh. But number three does not have those kinds of challenges to overcome and does not need those supports to overcome them. And so they will be doing online school and we just got their acceptance letter today. Yeah, which is good because I was a little worried that with this adapted distance learning that is not quite academically challenging that the child would become very lazy. Yes, that is definitely a problem with our child. It's a common problem with gifted children, with children who are academically talented. Mm -hmm. And then they hit the teenage lazies, which all teenagers hit, but then they're so used to already not being, you know, where everything academic comes easy. Mm -hmm. And so easy plus teenage lazy makes extra, extra asshole lazy. Yeah. Failure lazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is what happened last year. Yeah. And they don't understand how that's going to add up later because there's not the reality check with the teenage part. No. Yeah. Teenage reality check is, is a challenge. It's very skewed. But so far we've got it all managed and everything is scheduled to happen on time and I should get my next batch of materials from the online school by the middle of next week mm -hmm. to get them set up before their first day of school. Mm-hmm. And our boy will just go back on the bus on his first day of school? Um, or are you going to I drop him off? Originally, yeah, I was going to drop him off. Okay. And then I was also going to figure out if he could walk home because he doesn't move around anymore. And but, he, yeah. And so, so sometimes I would pick him up and sometimes he would walk, and which means they would take him off of the bus. And now that they've ruled out a cardiovascular problem causing his leg pain and they've gotten him into PT to realign the musculoskeletal system. Mm -hmm. He should be walking. Yes. It's less than a so mile. I'm going to I'm going to let the school know that we've ruled out those problems and he can now walk and so he's going to have to use the skills he's learning in PT. Yes. to make his legs not hurt. Although we went a little far last night. Well, his legs weren't the problem by then. He was complaining about what, like his back and his tired and, but no, he didn't his, say anything about his legs. Did, oh, feet. His feet were hurting. Yeah. So. That's different from the leg pain that's caused by the hip misalignment though. Yes. He did not complain about his legs. You're right. Which is different. He was complaining. So I was just <laughs> trying to get back, but, but we took too long of a walk. And as I said, when I came home, that'll teach me to take a walk. <laughs> but see... The thing that went through my head was, it will teach you to take a walk. Now you know the things to fix next time. It has taught you how to take a walk better with the boy. Well, probably. I'm because, sorry. <laughs> you know, part of it was your dog. Why the hell does he have to be my dog? I don't know. I don't... But he's not as relaxed with the boy. That's true. And so when a, a, a larger dog was coming over to be friendly, he went berserk and uh, it didn't go well, and that was the beginning of our walk. Oh, so, yeah. well then. So one of the things might have to be that uh, Bob has to stay home if I'm with the boy. That might be a good idea. Yeah. You take one of the small mammals for a walk, yes. not both of them no. at the same time. Mm -mm. Yeah. So and don't go so far. Although I like that sure you went far. First. Yes. And he can only collect as many rocks as he can carry. And <laughs> He's he not taking a backpack to collect rocks in? He, he did take one. No, I'm saying that won't happen again. Well, he can, but he has to wear it the whole time or not put that many in there. Right. And don't put them in your uh, pockets of your elastic-waisted 
Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Okay. That's what I learned. I'm I'm glad you learned. I knew not to put him in the pockets, but after a while he's like, ha ha ha, my pants keep falling down. And I'm like, why? (laughs) He's like, the rocks are in my pockets. I'm like, no. (laughs) Your pants cannot be falling down, you are too old for that. Right? Sorry. Oh, see, and that's the other thing that there's so many things that he is too old for that he just doesn't quite understand like that he's too old outside. for. Oh. You know? Yeah. I mean, we weren't in a remote area, you know, trail. We were just on a path and a sidewalk. Mm-hmm. I told him, you're getting too old for that, but fortunately, he doesn't look like it, so that helps. Yeah, it kind of does, but. It's good that you were getting out walking because you've been having, you were concerned about your your blood work and your blood thickness. Yes. And that's the thing about COVID is that it makes your body fluid sticky is one of the things that doctors are saying. And then that's what causes the lung problems. That's what causes cardiovascular problems. That's what causes brain damage is the blood clots and the sticky body fluids. Yeah, and it's not good if I already have uh, high hemoglobin. Your hemoglobin was high when you gave blood last time, but you have a doctor who gave you a supplement. Yes, I have a kinesiologist. She has given me a supplement before that is um, supposed to help with lowering hematocrit and hemoglobin numbers, like kind of like you do, you're taking aspirin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I forgot all about it for like a year and a half, which might be why my numbers are so high. It could be. Yeah. But that is a common problem with people on tea. And in fact, when you give blood, one of the questions that they ask you is, did your doctor tell you to give blood because you have um, the condition that starts with a P that means you make too many red blood cells or because you're on testosterone? Right. Which I, my doctor had, my doctor probably doesn't even know that I give blood. I don't know if he's ever asked me that. Right. It, because it's not a thing that you take all the time, you just take it like... You know, because it's a supplement, you know, you don't have to take all kinds of things every day. I just totally forgot. And you mentioned it the other night. Yeah, you were saying about your your hematocrit numbers were starting to edge up to the top of the reference range. They weren't dangerous yet, but they were starting to edge up. And then you're at the top. They were at the top of the reference range. Yeah, they're right up there. And um, your hemoglobin was high when you gave blood last time. Mm -hmm. It always is. And I said, well, what about this? What about that stuff? That, that stuff that the doctor gave you for for your hematocrit last time. And I you were like, like oh. oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> I totally forgot about it. I usually have how I remind myself of these periodic supplements that I'll take is I'll save the bottle with a couple left in there. And I can use that for my own you know, reference point of if it's uh, time to take that. So anyhow, I started taking that again. I went right out and Got some from her, and um, hopefully that will show up next time I give blood, which will be when they call me, because they will call me, and there's no reason for me not to go. My iron's fine. I have lots of hemoglobin. Have some. I I don't know if they'll ever call me again. If they see you coming, <laughs> it's going to be a whole nother story. Oh, for goodness sake. And you're not, you know, you're not typically a problem person. Well, and that's the thing. When it comes to blood. I I can empty and measure your surgery drains Mm -hmm. without a problem. Mm -hmm. I can clean out a skinned knee, no problem. Mm -hmm. I can manage my own wound care or my own surgery care when they removed my moles, no problem. 
But was I able to stay awake through the removal of the moles? No. You fell asleep? I passed out. Oh, okay. My vasovagal reflex uh-huh. has the weirdest freaking timing. Does. Well, this is why I didn't realize you passed out during the moles is you're not saying it makes you nervous or you're concerned or anything else. You're just sitting there and all of a sudden you pass out. Exactly. Like, I don't feel nervous. I don't have anxiety about any of this. My Like, it knocks me out in the middle of dental work. I'll just pass out there on the chair. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that dentists are used to people passing out. I guess. From anxiety or whatever while they're getting their work done. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these things, like, I'm so completely unbothered. Yes, you are. And then all of a sudden I'm not conscious. Right. And so it happened a week or two ago, which before I knew I was getting a hysterectomy. You went to give blood. I went to give blood, mm-hmm. which again, I uh, they also want you to wait, what, like eight, 10 weeks after a surgery before you give blood, right? I don't even remember. They'll tell you. They will. And I've given blood eight or nine times over the past year. Not as often as they would let me, but... You know, fairly mm-hmm. regularly. Mm-hmm. and They don't hound you like they do me. They do not. Mm-mm. And so I go and I give blood and I'm feeling just fine. And I get up off of the bench, that they, the, the chair, the thing. The, 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 the give your blood lounge chair? Yes, that one. Okay. <laughs> lounge chair. Yeah. You make it sound like a lazy boy or something. Well, they have a special chair. Yes, they do. They want you to sit a certain way. Um, your legs so high and Yes, so yes. Yeah. And so I get up from that. I walk over to the waiting area. I am walking around the waiting area to keep my blood flowing. And apparently you should have sat down. And apparently I should have sat down because one minute I'm looking at Facebook on my phone and the next minute they're picking me up off the floor and putting a cold pack on the back of my head and then saying, oh shit, blood. Which is, you know, kind of funny considering where you are. It kind of is, but like that's not how they wanted to get it, you know? (laughs) they didn't expect you to pierce your scalp with something dangerous like a barrette. Who knew? So now I know not to wear a metal barrette when I go and get my <laughs> give blood. And you know to go sit down. And I know to go sit down after. And I know to tell the phlebotomist that I have an overactive vasovagal reflex <laughs> so that they can keep an extra eye on me and give me cold packs or whatever else right. is supposed to help with it. Well, and you can tell them that before you get out of the lounge chair. Well, yes, that's the and thing. And say, I feel fine, but that's not going to change my yes. reflexes. Right. <laughs> They're going to flex anyway. Yes. Yeah. So you had to stay there a really long time. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, if I could have had someone come and get me, they would have just let me go. Mm-hmm. But you were working. Number zero was working. Mm-hmm. Number one is either working or asleep and doesn't drive themselves anyway. Right. Number two and three don't drive. No, but the one who can't see would like to. I know. Oh, poor guy. I know. And so... You know, they kept taking my blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And this is hilarious because at the doctor's office, especially when the machine is doing it, I always have high blood pressure. When they take it manually, it's like pre-hypertensive. It's a little high. Mm-hmm. But when they take it with the machine, mm-hmm. half the time, the first attempt says I'm in hypertensive crisis. Right. Because that thing fucking hurts. Mm -hmm. And then I tense up because I expect it to hurt. And that makes it go higher. 
and then we have a problem, and then it says there's a problem, and that makes me more tense. Yes, it does. <laughs> and now, then, now you probably have white coat syndrome or something. Uh, yes, and that's exactly it. And so it's hilarious that on like a Tuesday, they can't get my blood pressure up enough that they want me to be able to drive myself home. And on a Wednesday. And on a Wednesday, it's so high that the doctor tells me that I need to get it down or they won't be able to do my surgery. Which didn't really help your blood pressure. And then two days later, I go into my GP mm-hmm. for my, you know, pre-op clearance. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, yeah, we'll just take it manually. And she takes it manually. And she's like, oh, no, you're just fine. So, And I'm they, like, what the? They take it manually at the blood donation center? No, they use the machine. Oh, okay. But it was high. It wasn't like crisis high. When you first went in? When I first went in. And then- but the thing is, it was high. And that was part of the reason that they couldn't get it back up. At first, they took my blood pressure after they had gotten me, you know, back up and coherent. And mm-hmm. and they said, um, so we just need to take your blood pressure and make sure that you're going to be okay. And it needs to come out twice, you know, in a healthy range and not hypotensive. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, no problem. Yeah. And then, you know, it comes up once and they're like, oh, this is good. And then they look at my records from before and they're like, oh, this is still like 25 points down from where it was. And I'm like, well, you just emptied me. Yes. (laughs) For fuck's sake. (sighs) So I got to sit there for two hours. You could always go when I'm going. Being babysat. We could try to schedule at the same time. We could. It might be around the same time that you're finally able to give again because... uh, you know, we have to wait so many weeks to give blood again anyway. Right. And uh, so that's one option of you not getting stuck there. Yes, because I don't want to sit there for two hours being babysat by the only male phlebotomist, the big burly dude who basically was there to make sure that I didn't try and leave without permission or something. Right. Okay. And I'm like, you dude, a, really? You had a blood donation center bouncer to keep you home. I did. It was kind of funny. It would have, well, I take that back. It's funny now. It would have been funny then if it wasn't so annoying that I was supposed to be getting back home and finishing up my work day. Yeah. (sighs) You weren't supposed to take a three hour tour for your book. (laughs) So, anyhow. Yeah, I think that week we even had three cars. Mm -hmm. So, which is a whole nother story. We did actually have three cars, but we can talk about that next time. Yeah. So is there anything else about health care and child care and health? Anything gendery about health care? Yes, we did a survey. Oh, we did do a survey. Yes, and we have to look in our email because there might be, I don't know how close together the... Did you follow the second link that it gave you on the screen to go and sign up for your gift card? Uh, I didn't. It wasn't... I don't know if it loaded right. Okay. I have to check. It would have asked for your email and your phone number and stuff. I think it did. Okay, yeah, then it'll come. You're asking me things. I I, I'm know. sorry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, but yes. It's a follow-up survey. So. From the one that we did a few months ago that we talked about here, where they were talking about gender-diverse families, and this one was pretty specifically COVID-related. Yes. I wonder if they'll compare the old one and the new one and see that we're drinking now. <laughs> <laughs> You're drinking now. I'm yeah. trying to lower my blood pressure. Well... I think it's funny to say we're drinking now because it says, how many drinks have you had in the last month? And I say two because I did. 
Yes, which is which is zero. what we mean by drinking now, yes. is that you've had two drinks in the past month, and then it does ask questions like, how many times have you binge drank, and defines it as like, you know, this many drinks in one sitting, or this many drinks over this many hours, or... Yeah. And um, the answer is none. Mm-hmm. So it's funny to me that you say we're drinking now when, like, I've had two ginger beers in the past month and maybe a glass of wine, mm-hmm. and you've had... A couple of beers and half of one of your ginger beers. And it's funny because you've drank two beers even though you have had drinks on probably five or six days over the past month because you only drink like a third to a half of one at a time. I do drink about a half a beer. And then I put the rest in a jar. So that it can be sealed back up and drank later. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I actually did look at the weekends and I had not drank beers on all of them. Uh-huh. Because I was worried about my blood work. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. But the before that, I was having a beer on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, I wanted to have a beer when baseball started, but it wasn't coinciding with my blood work. But you did that last year, too. You would drink when there was baseball on. Like you would have a beer and a baseball. Yes, I like it that way. But <laughs> there, this year, and I have to say, it's got to be a COVID problem. Uh-huh. And there's so many things to deal with. But I actually prefer the baseball game is over when I go to watch it. Because I don't want any surprises. I, it's ridiculous. But it it's makes me think funny. of you. You don't like surprises. I don't like surprises. I very nearly had a panic attack at my bridal shower. <laughs> because it was a surprise. Very nearly. I love I'm you. I'm my eyes. And you had three of them at once, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, just as much of a panic attack as I had when I cleaned your surgery drains or cared for my removed mole wound or... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I no, don't... You, you were unhappy about the surprise. You didn't really care about the wound cleaning. And so you you want to know what the outcome is before it happens because surprises are no good right now because everything is no good right now. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and it's fine. I can watch it when it's over because usually I'm working when it comes on. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with knowing the score. Yep. You know, those are just spoilers. It's there okay. you go. I love spoilers. Yes, you do. So, are you we like, done? You like to read all the spoilers. I do. Yeah. So, okay. Is that it? I think that's it. All right. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. be able to sit a little closer or should I try and scoot this closer yeah, to you? I'm just I'm not comfortable if I sit up until I'm ready. Right. That makes sense. My leg is still bothering me. I'm sorry the pain in your leg is still bothering you. Me too. It was bothering me during my nap. Oh. I finally got a nap. Anyhow, we better get this done because it's going to get real stuffy real fast. It is. Yeah. So say a little something that I can check what you sound like when you're actually up close. A little something. Good job. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Alright, are we ready? I feel like I'm down here because the cushion is squished. Yeah, it is squished. Are we ready? Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Joy. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and some more stuff. Because I don't remember the old one now. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> it's been too long. I, I've been saying other things. And all the life that happens... Around it or... Something like that, yeah. yeah. Pandemic exhaustion, or what's the other word there? Fatigue, that's it. Mm-hmm. Other people with... Fan- pandemic fatigue. Mm. <laughs> pandemic fatigue. Do we have to talk big Latin now? <laughs> Ixne the endemic pay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. While he's still learning decoding skills. We just need to figure out what they are. What was the decoder thing? Uh, What's the decoder ring called that you just mentioned? Erlen filters, and it's a colored filter that makes oh, it yeah, easy. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I know what it is now. It's like colored film was, that you place over the page. All I, all I hung on to out of the sentence was code. And I was like, secret decoder ring. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's not it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.